0: This would be a backbreaker for Buffalo fans, and this would be the pedigree of championship teams. And it goes Hurts, Hurts, to the end zone, and the Eagles have won it in overtime. That's the championship DNA. We were talking about all game. They could be behind on yards, on plays. They still win. Justin Herbert's is gonna get one more opportunity coming back the other way third and three. Oh, it uh-huh. lost it. But held onto by Flowers, who will take it to the ten and the five and to the end zone for a touchdown. Say Flowers, number two. <laughs> and scores the penalty kick. No! Third down for O'Connell. Blocked by Illuminor. Going Goal- Vegas. Watson. Mahomes. Underneath. Rice on the move. Deep block by Marquess. That, that is a Kansas City touchdown. 39 yard strike. Catch and run. Falcons coming after Carr. Picked up. Picked up. Jesse Bates. He's got a shot, makes to midfield, to the 40, to the 30, to the 20, no question, pick six, no flags. Here's a third and 15, Hurts looking for his second option, pointing, planting, firing to the end zone, and it is caught, oh, what a play for the Zacchaeus brings it in for the touchdown. On defense, if that's what you want, then go ahead and get somebody else. So a very open conversation that he had with ownership. Hollywood Brown comes back to the football and hauls it in. It's a first and ten. Josh Jacobs. Oh, he's got the big hole. He's into the secondary. They can't get him. You can kiss him goodbye. Touchdown. Touchdown Raiders! 63 yards!
1: You can lose this game is if you give a big
0: one over the top. Rashad White has a first down and a lot more. White breaking free. What a massive breakdown on the left side of the Colts defense. Got you, got you. Gotta get outside. There you go. Swift taking off. Hyde trying to find him and trips him up. Stafford with time, and going deep. And hauled in, inside the 40 by Atwell. For the Pittsburgh Steelers, the first time this season they will outgain their opponent. Browning the toss, mixing the catch. Yards after the grab, he's still going. Joe Mixon, out of bounds. Bengals got a big gain A couple of weeks ago. Hand off to Lynn Bowden, off the left side. He's got good
2: speed, and Bowden with an increased role because of the injuries. Takes it across midfield on this sweet play. He gets 28 yards.
0: Going up top, Pickens over the shoulder grab for the first down. Hilton brings him down, but Pickens appears to be more than okay. Go oh. down at 16. Delvito airing it out, looking for Hyatt. Jalen Hyatt wow. on the sideline. Makes the catch.
1: Lawrence, looking deep for Christian Kirk. He's got- Puts the ball out to the pylon. No signal yet. One second on the clock. And they're saying he's down at the one.
0: Third down and four. Jones under pressure from Simmons. Pipped off. Isaiah Simmons was in the face of Matt Jones and Bobby Okereke brings it back for the Giants. Finally brought down inside the 25-yard line.
1: And he's got a wide open Luke Farrell. The tight end with plenty of daylight into Texans territory and still going. Still going. How about Luke Farrell? A 43-yard pickup.
2: Went in with him, but he's back in the game. Good to go. The team said no official diagnosis on him.
0: And he's running here, Melissa, for the first down, and turning it upfield, and going down the sideline, and Herbert's inside the 20, to the 17-yard line, and Patrick Queen was the one who's not getting up after the tackle. For his career, <laughs> inside, Keaton Mitchell, and his great speed, across the 40, almost kept his balance, right near midfield. crowd
1: screen to singletary he's got the first down he's got more than that singletary still going inside the 10. first and goal for the texans after a 32 yard gain play action lawrence screen johnson a catch and a lot of blockers in front there he goes johnson inside the 20. he's got the 10 and down at the seven a 43 yard pickup for Dearness
0: Johnson. 28th in total offense, 28th in scoring. This is the lowest scoring Steelers team in quite some time. Downfield hit. Caught by Johnson. DJ Turner with a tackle. This is what Steelers fans have been waiting for. Car. Floating. Hill, Taysom Hill, doing it to Atlanta again. Really hard
3: to be on time and have your cadence down and everything else.
0: Play fake.
1: Arden Key hits Bryce Young, and that ball belongs to Jeffrey Simmons.
0: Walker with pressure coming from the backside. Down he goes. The ball is out, and Denver has it. D.J. Locke with the strip sack on 4th and long. First down away to the 3. Herbert, hit by Clowney! The ball is out! And Clowney's on it For the 4th Charger turnover of the night. It's 3rd and 4. Down 4. There's the pass up top. Gabe Davis has the touchdown. Big, Big game. game, Gabe does it again. Here's a third and 15. Hurts looking for his second option. Pointing, planting, firing to the end zone, and it is caught! Oh, what a play for the Eagles! Zacchaeus brings it in for the touchdown. Sets up a third and 11. They've been great on third and long today. Here they come blitzing, stepping up. Gonna to try to run for it. Dodges one defender, and he's in for another touchdown. He sidestepped blankenship oh. and his rushed for his second score today. Oh. Ed Marquise oh, Brown on the outside lined up. End zone throw. Whoa, Greg George! It's a cardinal touchdown! In and the touchdown! He's still got his feet in, even though he didn't catch the football. Wilson, on third down, nobody open, waiting, lots of time, buying more, throws for the goal line, it is incomplete. Adam Troutman with the catch, but he's out of bounds. Quarterback's legs again, four guys on one side, Jim. Four, bring it back, no one goes in motion, it's zone. works somebody out over here. Third and six, pass at the goal line. For a touchdown, Dix has it after a 47 yard punt from the Ram 22. Kyron Williams adding to his rush total, and there he goes. Williams all the way down to the 22 yard line of Arizona, and Jalen Thompson saved a touchdown and front office from their Super Bowl year, a reload season, but intercepted! Stafford threw it right into the arms of Jalen Thompson. Oh, here we go. Go ahead, take this one, Jimmy. 59 nerves. nerves. Lovato to snap it to man. Elliott puts the toe on it, and the kick is good! Oh, what a kick it is by Elliott. He drilled it.
2: G'day Aussie Gridiron fans, welcome back to a, another episode of G'day Gridiron. It is after week 12, after Thanksgiving in the NFL land, so we know that the season starts from here, Brad.
3: Yes, it does. This is when we get, we get our playoff push, we're start, starting to see the, the playoff format take shape a little bit. Um, with some more certainty, so this is the exciting
2: time of the NFL season, certainly is. We are we know what teams are from here. I feel like we're 12 weeks in, we definitely know what a team is. A team should know what a team is, uh, mm. they, should, they should know how to win or lose as a team by now, or what it takes to win a game. And those that don't know that yet are definitely still at the bottom of the pile. But as we saw this week, those that know how to win a game at this point definitely know how to win some games
3: so true it's uh it's it you're starting to see you know the wheat separate from the chaff so to speak the cream rise to the top uh although i'm i've not been that impressed to be honest with you with with the cream of the crop so to speak i think everybody and anybody is vulnerable uh as we saw uh uh, this week with the Eagles versus Bills. Um, yeah. You know? So, uh, it's, it's exciting from a parody standpoint, but no, nobody is in my
2: opinion, the clear, clear number one. Absolutely. But I have to totally agree. I at the moment is insane. The top four teams, uh, w- well Ravens are at nine and three, but chiefs, Jags and dolphins are all at eight and three. So mm-hmm. that is, that is insane. Um, just to, just to look at basically, and then from there down, it doesn't get much, uh, much more separation. There's a lot of teams still in the hunt in the AFC, NFC's just as bad. Basically, the Eagles now are out to 10 and one, but you go 49ers, Lions, Cowboys are all at eight and three, so that's two from your division, Brad. Uh, yeah, yeah. wow, NFC East, and then, um. And then, yeah, the, for the sixth and seventh spot, that is going to be hotly contested by about I think six or seven teams. All up, it is just the parity. I think is crazy. And I don't think we all, anybody expected the parity in the in the NFC to be this good. Mm.
1: Mm-hmm. We all yeah, expected
2: yeah. It, uh, the AFC to be like this, but the NFC has been a bit of a surprise. Yeah, it, it really has. And I and you know at the beginning
3: of the season, it, it's. It was kind of like, okay, you've got uh, the AFCs, you know, by far the best best conference and has the best teams and the most depth. But the NFC has surprisingly risen to the top. You know, uh, Detroit is a little bit of a surprise how strong they are. So, and San Francisco is, you know, even though they're two games back from Philly for that number one seed, they're actually favored to win this week's game. So yeah. uh, they've got, uh, you know, it's a three point swing, I think was the last time I checked on the point spread. So it, it and if San Francisco pulls it off, whew, all, all bets are off on, uh, you know, it, and then if Dallas
2: beats them the following week, so uh, it's exciting times. It definitely is exciting times. All right, we've got, uh, as you can hear, it's only Brad and myself this week. Manjot is is off uh, this week. He had a, a bit of a family emergency to deal with. So we uh, we wish the Mellies all the best and we hope yep. Manjot's back with us very, very soon. So yep. Brad and I have got a big task ahead of us. We've got to get through every one of these games Uh as quickly as we possibly can so please forgive us a little bit if we do skip through a few of these games if there's not too much to talk about um uh yeah but we will obviously get to a lot of those teams in the following weeks so brad we've got to go all the way back to thanksgiving football it seems like such a long time ago now It does. The
3: the, the turkey is definitely dry, and and the stuffing is all gone. But I think uh, the turkey's nearly
2: green at this point, mate.
3: This is true.
2: (laughs) So, let's go all the way back to the first game of Thanksgiving on Thanksgiving, which was the Packers and the Lions. Uh, The Packers had a mammoth first quarter against the Lions. Score outscoring them twenty to six in the first quarter alone. Jordan Love looked like uh, a different, a completely different person in this game. He um he obviously came out I think with a in the headspace that he was going to achieve something. Brad, I think he just he just sort of went I don't know whether we just went balls to the wall like let's just do it and see what happens. No one no one expects that I'm gonna uh or we're gonna do any good against the Lions who have been a a little bit of a darling team, and especially in this division, um, yeah, who are leading the division at the moment. So I guess when you're going up against the division leader, sometimes you take a bit of a step up, don't you?
3: Yeah, absolutely. You know, and it's – we were bashing on the Packers for a long time, and deservedly so, but they really have uh, progressed each week. And you've seen – I don't know – I think it's a combination of things. It's not just Jordan Love. It's not just the play calling. I think they've gotten a little bit more uh health in some of the key areas. They were decimated in that offensive line, you know, and and what the Packers have going for them is that only two of their last six opponents have winning records. So forget the Chiefs and the Vikings, and the Vikings are definitely uh beatable, beatable, but they have uh, games coming up against Giants, Buccaneers, Panthers, Bears. So the 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 schedule is in their favor, and I think that right now they're saying they've got like a. Forty-five percent, forty-six percent chance to make the playoffs. So yeah. it's uh, depending on depending on what where you're reading, getting your information from. But as crazy as it sounds, they have a legitimate chance of making the playoffs.
2: Yeah, they do. It's crazy. It just seems like twenty twenty-two all over again, uh, where the Packers really faltered with even with mm. Aaron Rodgers, and then fought their way back against guess, against, against all odds to to get the uh the seventh seed and really get in there. Uh, seventh? Sixth seed? I can't remember which seed they got. I'd have to go back in time. Um, but, of course, this game, it wasn't all about just Jordan Love and the offense. Of course, Christian Watson had got five for 94 and a TD in this, and he looked completely different because Jordan Love was playing so well. But a lot of it was about the Green Bay defense versus mm. the, the Detroit offense. Detroit offense was still dealing. Jared Goff, 29 of 44, and 332 yards, which was still huge. Yeah. Monroe Saint Brown and Khalif Raymond were really uh, playing amazingly, playing out of their skin. But three very, very key fumbles from Jared Goff and yeah. a lot of very solid, very solid defensive play from the likes of Jonathan Owens and Isaiah McDuffie and, uh, Rashawn Gary, Quay Walker for Green Bay, really, really held Detroit to hardly any score at all. Yeah,
3: it's, you know, credit to that defense. And they played lights out, especially at Jonathan Owens, uh, who had a return for a touchdown, a defensive touchdown. And if you're, you know, Jared Goff and the Lions, you're a little bit worried. He went, he'd gone, what, 12 straight games without uh, losing a fumble, and then he loses three this last week, and this is uh, coming off of where he threw three interceptions the week before, so all of a sudden he's really started to struggle with the turnovers, and that's the key for the Lions, when Goff holds the ball and, and and he does well. Then obviously they can win and they can compete with anybody. But as soon as he starts throwing picks or turning the ball over, they just look like an ordinary team. And their their offensive line is banged up, so they were without two of their starting linemen. But welcome to the NFL. Uh, you know, tell but, me one. Show me yeah,
2: that's right. Show me a defensive line or an offensive line with without an injury at this point. Yeah. At exactly. week twelve, it, it's just how it is, and how it is every season. Although we have seen more injuries this season. Uh, I would think, but mm, mm. Um, yeah, definitely. Everyone is. So that was kind of the tail the tape there in the first game. And then we moved on to Cowboys and Commanders in the middle. Uh, kudos to the NFL for scheduling this game as the middle game for Thanksgiving because I think it gave everybody a, uh, a decent time to, to rest with a full belly, Brad, while they watched the Cowboys <laughs> absolutely flog the Commanders 45-10. to 10. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. And if if you're new to the NFL, if you're one of our Aussie listeners that's new to the NFL or gridiron. So, the Detroit always had Detroit and Dallas always play on Thanksgiving. And for years it was just those two that played Thanksgiving. Detroit always had the AM game, Cowboys always had the afternoon game. Now they've obviously added a third evening game. Um, but it is great just in terms of scheduling. I can't even tell you how many times I remember just having lunch. You're just, you know, you're, you, you've let that, uh, what is it, tryptophan or whatever from the turkey? The tryptophan. Yep. Yeah. You know? Yeah.
2: The tur- turkey, what a wonderful meat.
3: Oh, absolutely. It's, it's just the gift that keeps on giving. And, you know, you just sit down there with a the full belly. Nothing and- better,
2: nothing better than turkey and gravy roll bread.
3: oh don't
2: you know you're making me hungry even then even the next day leftover turkey and gravy Oh yeah
3: oh (laughs) absolutely absolutely you just load up the salt on that thing anyway
2: (laughs) they're (laughs) spoken (laughs) like a true american just smother it in (laughs) butter and salt (laughs) absolutely And and then deep fry that thing (laughs)
3: yeah, now you're speaking my language. (laughs) Oh, I love it. You know, the food was way better in that game. That game, it was great if you're a Dallas fan like myself, but the game itself was atrocious. Um, You know, the Cowboys just walked all over Washington and we saw what happened uh, is, you know, it's cost Jack Del Rio. Uh, His job, the defensive coordinator, it's going to cost Ron Riviera his job. The only reason he hasn't lost it already is they got new ownership and they don't necessarily want to make a change just yet. They want to try and make the season out. But it would not shock me if you see Ron Riviera quit before the end of the season.
2: I thought it was a bit harsh and far in Jack Del Rio at this point. Yeah, um, it was a scapegoat. He was a scapegoat. scapegoat, and I don't think it was needed. Like you've as a as an organization, you've sent away, basically sold off his entire defense, and then still expected him to play against these kind of teams, against these quality. Right. And that's, that's just not that's, that's just not yeah. going to happen. It's just the world doesn't work that way. Like you're still expecting him to compete against the Cowboys this week, and then, I mean, they've got the Dolphins, the Rams, the Forty Nine ers all coming up. Like, what did you expect him to do?
3: Mm-hmm. Well, yes. the world doesn't
2: work that way, but if you're
3: an impatient billionaire, your 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 realm works that way. Yeah, just, as a,
2: these impatient billionaires, the group of these impatient billionaires all know that they um they're going to make a change. The world knows yeah. the Washington yeah. Commanders is going to change, make a change. We don't even know if they're going to be called the Washington Commanders next season.
3: That's right. But, yep. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, we yeah. Let alone who's going to be coaching them. But we know it's not going to be any of this this regime. So. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah, and you know, and I, before we leave this game, I just got to say, hats off to Dak Prescott. Um, he is by far just lighting it up. In the he's had the most success that he's ever had uh, over this this last couple few games. So he's thrown 18 touchdown passes and just two interceptions in his last six games. So he has. Firmly, I think in terms of the future odds, he's number four for MVP. He's actually ahead of Brock Purdy. So um the odds makers are realizing that he is playing lights out ball right now. And if and if if he continued continue to do it, if he can continue to use his legs, then they can beat anybody in a single game. Uh so it'll be really interesting. Watch well, I just say, they can beat anybody except the 49ers.
2: Yeah. Um, um, I was confused as to why they bothered keeping him in there for this entire game. To be honest,
1: but I guess, I guess it
2: is—it's the reps for for upcoming games—is what they were probably looking at. But I mean, mm-hmm. you were leading twenty to ten at halftime. You kept them scoreless in the third quarter, basically doing nothing. So the defense were were just hammering the commanders anyway. I don't know whether it was worth coming out and scoring those extra 25 points, but I guess you are kind trying to keep Dak kind of wound up for games against the Eagles and the Bills and the Dolphins that are coming up, let alone uh, postseason, which they are definitely looking like the five-seed in at the moment. Yeah, and believe it or not, it was Dak's first uh, win
3: on Thanksgiving as a starter. Oh, right. So Yeah, so I think he
2: really, really wanted it. Yeah. All right, well, let's move on to that evening game for Thanksgiving. And it was a a bit of a doozy. Started off very, very close between the 49ers and the Seahawks. The first quarter was a big back and forth tussle. But then the 49ers put the pedal firmly to the metal in the second quarter and started to destroy the Seahawks on both sides of the ball. Making this game well, well out of Seahawks' reach by halftime. The Seahawks did try and uh, mount a bit of a comeback in the third quarter, scoring 10 to nothing over the 49ers. But by that point, the game was largely out of their hands. Brock Purdy once again playing uh, what can only be considered uh, an MVP level, sort of, I guess, MVP level game. Even though I don't I still don't agree that any of these these QBs have played to that level yet for me. Um hmm. but uh, he would he should be getting talked about in those circles by now. But just because he is a seventh round pick, he is absolutely not. I am giving a bit of love to the 49ers this week without Manjot around. <laughs> um and I am only doing it because Manjot's around not around. Okay. Uh, Christian McCaffrey was just the star of 49ers once again, 19 carries 140 40, 14 yards, 114 yards and two TDs this week just to start his haul off once again. They were just, they were ridiculous all over the park, Brett.
3: Yeah. It's, you know, the 49ers are going to win the division. um And if I'm the Seahawks, I'm seriously concerned because, they're still in contention for the playoffs, but if you look at their schedule going ahead, they've got the Cowboys, then the Eagles, then the 49ers again. Um, so they could easily be six and eight going into that final week of December. And that's not not a playoff. Right now they're what, the seventh seed, I believe, yeah. The playoffs. Uh
2: right. sixth. They would currently, yeah, the Rams would sit okay. in seventh. Amazingly, I think. Okay, I remember, but, I'll i look that up while you're talking. But yeah, they they do
3: not scare me one bit, and they they've been banged up. Um, but you know that offense is looking pedestrian, and Geno Smith. I'm going to use your favorite term, the regression to the mean. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, he he had the great season last year. Uh, but he is going back to the Geno Smith of old, and it's it, he's just not protecting the ball. Uh, he threw another interception, and DK Metcalf is dropping the ball. But unless Geno can recapture the magic, there's no chance, no chance yeah. these guys are going to do anything, and they'll be lucky to make the playoffs.
2: Yeah, totally, totally agree. Uh, they're sixth actually. Uh, the Vikings. Six, us, okay. The Vikings are still seventh in the NFC. Um, all right, we move on to a Friday game. So for the first time yes. ever, the NFL had a Black Friday game, which was against the the sorry, which was between the Dolphins and the Jets. I, I'm willing to bet when they scheduled this game early in the season that Amazon thought this was going to be uh, a great game for the very first Black Friday game. They they because of course Amazon have mm-hmm. the rights to this one. Um and Amazon also pretty much have the rights to Black Friday at this point in time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, but it's where Bezos spakes his money. So but it, it did end up as a very one-sided affair. The Dolphins outscoring the Jets 34 to 13. They scored through all four quarters and really demolished the Jets everywhere. The Jets, of course, started and finished with Tim Boyle at QB. Zach Wilson still was inactive, which I think is a, for me, was a, a bit of a, not, I, I agree with not starting him, but making him in, mm-hmm. inactive seemed very, very strange. He was on the sideline the entire time. Tim Boyle looked woeful for the about the first half of this game. He didn't look mm-hmm. much better in the second half either, but up until... F- the half halftime I was thinking, well, at this point, you should just be throwing Zach Wilson in because he can do just as well. Um, but yeah. yeah.
3: Well, the the only reason I think maybe they,
2: I'm thinking, is
3: just like psychologically, Zach Wilson's just not up to it. Mm. Um, you know. And what are they? What are they going to do? Because they've got. Oh, one starting O lineman and then just a bunch of cast-offs, really. Um,
2: so that O line, right, is... a, a bunch of castoffs, really just e- explains their entire offense.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well said. Uh, you know, and and so what? What are they going to do though, going forward? Uh, because I doubt. Uh, I don't know. Aaron they're
2: they're, they're rudderless. They're rudderless. Yeah. You yeah. you look at the even the press conferences. Afterwards, and Robert Sala doesn't know what's going on with this team. He has mm. no, he has no idea. He is he is out of his depth, and I don't know. I don't think I don't think the head coach knows what's going on. I don't think the GM knows what's going on. I don't I don't know who's leading this team at the moment. They're just um they're complete. They're just floating in some weird limbo, Brad. Yeah,
3: and considering they had such high hopes going into this season, to so now you're you're at a spot where who do we go with? Tim Boyle, Trevor Simeon, Zach Wilson. I mean, you 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 basically
2: suck if those are your options. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers coming back by Christmas, like who's leading this team? Is it Aaron Rodgers? Yeah. Is this the problem? And I've said this last yeah. week. It, <laughs> I think the team was built around Aaron Rodgers with one thing. So you don't have Aaron Rodgers from the first from five minutes into the first game of the season. By week twelve, you should have figured out how to win with Zach Wilson. You should have just, yeah. you know, what your yeah. team is. You know who you have. Yes, you've got injuries. But we all do. Every team mm-hmm. does. But you mm-hmm. should have figured out how to win with Zach Wilson. With it, yeah. I mean, I take my team, the Vikings, for instance. Lost Kirk Cousins, and yes, he they lost him yeah. a lot further in. They got they got Josh Dobbs and figured out well, the first week was probably a bit of a fluke, but by the second week, they figured out how to win with Josh Jobs. Didn't win this week, but the, the games have been getting progressively worse, but they're still playing a game, and they're still trying mm-hmm. to win a game. The Jets mm-hmm. don't feel like they're trying to win a game. Yeah,
3: I think but, that defense, you know, they, the defense for a while gave it all they could.
2: And, yeah, and kept but you look game. at this game, the, it, the defense looked like they may have just given up. And that's yeah, always, yeah, exactly. that's unfortunately what's going to happen with teams like this. That yep, when you have a really, really good defense and the offense completely balls everything they touch up, where they just have like the opposite of the minus minus touch. I think there's a term for that, isn't it? Um, anyway, I'm, I'm sure, sure there is. there's a term for the opposite of the minus touch, but they basically everything they touch turns to absolute shit. So mm. at some point, and we've seen it before, where defenses just give up, they throw up their hands and go, What do we do? We can't do anything. We work our asses off to get the ball back to you, and then you just lose it again. Like it's, and sometimes the hard part, I guess, for those defenses is they're not just losing it in in four and outs, which might at least give you a bit of a breather. They'll lose it in interceptions and fumbles on the first couple of possessions, and mm-hmm. and you're done. You know, like you're straight back on the field because Tim Boyle's fumbled it. Um, you know? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: And I uh, and and on the other side of uh of the field with Miami, Tua to Tagovailoa, he, he did not look that great. I mean, he had three turnovers and he'd already turned the ball over as well. Yeah, they scored 34 points, uh I think it was, but yeah. uh it it was still there's there's reason for concern there. The, the, you know, it's not major alarm bells, but there's reason for concern. Yeah, so, I think so. I, Dolphins, uh, you know, uh, you want right to write that ship if you're going to be a serious playoff contender.
2: Yeah, absolutely, because because their scoring at the moment is coming on the ground. By uh, mm. most, really, most of this game, for instance, with 20 carries, 94 yards, two TDs, uh, and then there was a defensive touchdown as well. There's a lot of there's a lot of yards because you look at it, two or through for 243 yards, and the majority was to Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill uh um, 114 and 102 yards respectively but they're all massive chunk plays they're only 8 and 9 targets respectively and they're at least 30, 30 yards uh a catch they're like 40 they are both of them were averaging 14 and 11 so okay. um they're chunk plays so even those yards they're not it's not small yardage stuff it's not controlling a game it's not it's not managing output and then being able to spice it up with some longer throws it is all just big big chunks at once and then nothing for a while. So I agree, Brad. Yeah, he didn't look great. Um they were just lucky that they were against the Jets. Uh and they're lucky that their their rushing attack is so good because of Mike McDaniel. So uh, yeah. righto, let's move on to traditional Sunday football. Brad, we're gonna start with Saints and Falcons. Uh I told you I hadn't watched a lot of this game. I watched some highlight stuff. And then you can find in me as the <laughs> the good G'day Gridiron uh uh analyst you are. You watched the entirety of this Saints Falcons game on replay. So you had the option to not watch it. <laughs> and yet you still yes. you still watch the whole game, the whole kit caboodle, uh ads and all. So not even a forty yeah. minute condensed version. We're talking the three hour version, Brad. Oh, yeah.
3: It, it, it was longer than that, even because I would go back and rewind plays and stuff. So oh, you was... were anal-
2: you were analyzing. You were in full analyst mode. I love it. It
3: was it was embarrassing. I was just thinking to myself, this is pathetic.
2: But now, of course, uh, uh, the Falcons I, came away winners in this 20 to 14. Uh, yeah. And 20, uh, 24 15.
3: 24, 24
2: 15. Sorry. I read mm-hmm. that. I read it with my eyes and said something completely different. That's um, all right. 24 15. And. There was some amazing, uh, a couple of really fun plays. One, uh, a a pick six from the red zone for Jesse Bates, who ran the length of the field to score. Um, which was coincidentally, I just of the only stats I can really pull out of this is that was the the first red zone interception. No, the first red zone, yeah, the first red zone interception for the Saints mm-hmm. this season. And then they ended up with a second one courtesy of Taysom Hill fumble later on uh, in the game. But that was the first one for the, the first time the Saints have really, yeah, lost it in a red zone. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And and hats off to, you know, to, to Jesse
3: Bates. And he was obviously a free agent signing that the Falcons did. And he has paid off big time for him. He's basically won two divisional games, uh, for him, it's his second straight game with 12 or more tackles. So he is, he's earning his money. Um, he's getting paid handsomely, but he's earning it. And what I loved is, I mean, anybody who listens to this show knows I'm a fan of this, their offense, even though I hate their head coach. Um, <laughs> Uh I do I do just love the way they the, their variety that they have and that type of thing but I loved seeing Cordell Patterson uh all right, that's not how you pronounce his first name I think it's Cordell oh, okay. Cordell Patterson Cordell yeah yeah, mm, yeah. Cor- I'm going to call him Cordial but, <laughs> Cordial uh, Patterson Yeah <laughs> so- coddy's <laughs> Cody's lawn Yeah 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 but I I love you saw before they drafted Bijan Robinson. It last year oh. it was Patterson and Algier, both yep. thousand yard rushers. Yep. Now you know, and, and Patterson has kind of just taken a back seat. But they re reinserted them and they looked good. They and he looked good.
2: Um, and they kind and of had I, the, th- the three headed monster in this with Robinson, Algier, and Patterson all at once.
3: Yeah, I, I wonder if this was a part of their grand scheme. To me, it seems a little too thought out. If it was, but. Uh, I think you know, it's a bit so, too thought out for Arthur Smith, yeah. to be honest. I, I was going to say to keep him fresh for the second half of the season, knowing that other teams are going to be so worn down, so injury depleted, and then you insert a, a back like that who's healthy. He, he, If that was their plan. Amazing. Great on good on you. Um, I am with you. I don't think it was. Either way, it's worked. Uh, well,
2: I mean, it's such a luxury now to have yeah. three healthy backs that are all oh. performing oh, around yeah. the same the same level because yeah. Algier or Patterson could be for performing at that 1000-yard 1000-yard rusher uh level this season mm-hmm. as well if it mm-hmm. wasn't for Bijan. So
3: Yeah. Yeah. So it, it it's uh, hats off to them. They got the win. They absolutely had to have it. Um, to stay in that division race. It's easily the worst division in football. Um, I think they're in, the, it, they are they're in the, the lead.
2: They are in the lead because they don't have the tiebreaker against New Orleans. Okay, okay, yeah.
3: So, uh, you know, if I'm Dallas, Dallas is probably going to be the five seed, and then the winner of the NFC South is going to be the four seed. I'm just salivating. I'm, I'm I'm thinking, great, I don't care. I'll go play at the Saints. I'll go play at Atlanta. I'll, I'll trounce them both. So... <laughs> um yeah they got, they've got one
2: they got one hell of a schedule I mean we should talk a little bit about the Saints first let's uh yeah yeah how were the Saints Brad how did you find them
3: well I again you know we talk about Derek Carr um and you know just standing in there and just getting pummeled um and this week his receive his receivers he was just throwing the ball to and this is what I kept like rewinding and watching he had guys that he was we we call them in the coaching world, we call them like just hospital balls. He, yeah. he was putting these balls yeah. up high and it's just exposing his receivers, their ribs and everything. And and they were getting hit. And you saw them going down. Um, you know, Taysom Taysom Hill got banged up a little bit. Um, Olave got he went out with a concussion. So it's and he was balling
2: before that too. Olave was on a yeah. on a heater so okay i, I yeah. think um yeah. yeah i look brad i agree i i think i keep calling Derek carr a bit of an iron man a bit of a terminator because he just mm. he's just an absolute robot but i i've seen that he's just it seems like he's getting worse as the season's going on and it could yeah be i that, would agree would be that lingering shoulder injury that's just he's not firing on all cylinders like he should be yeah yeah
3: it's and and they've got the talent but it, it's not clear for yeah. them, and mm. I doubt it. I think, like what you've said, at this point, you are who you are, yep. Um, essentially, so I don't see that changing. That's and my co- money that,
2: that comes, co- comes into coaching problems for me, too.
3: Uh, absolutely, absolutely, 100%. Um, and I'm putting my
2: money on Atlanta to win the division right now. Yeah, well, their, their schedule that's what I was getting to the Atlanta schedule mm. coming up. You, they've got the Jets, the Bucks, the Panthers, the Colts, the Bears, and then the Saints again. Jeez. It's just it's such a it's Jeez. the way that yeah. they are playing, um it's just ridiculous. Mm. And it looks like mm. they are going to be firmly into the into the playoff pitcher for sure. So
3: yeah, yeah.
2: To have that schedule, it's just insane. I mean the, the Saints schedule is about the same, except they've got to go up against the Lions. Uh, And the Giants, the Rams, the Lions and the Rams, I think will give them a bit more of a test. Uh, Yeah, they come up against the Falcons again in in week 18. And uh, I feel sorry for them at this point. Yeah, Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. All right, let's move on to an AFC North matchup between the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Jake Browning-led Cincinnati Bengals. Um, the Bengals look to have completely given up. And we talk about teams that don't know who they are. You can tell from this game, and you could 100% tell from every part of this game, that the Cincinnati Bengals are built around one man and one man yeah. only, and that is Joe yeah. Burrow. And when they don't have Joe Burrow, sure, they can still pass protect, which is great, even though they managed to let Browning get sacked four times in this game. Um, they can shoot, they can pass protect, but they have nothing else. They have no rush defense at all, or no like rush offense, I should say. Yeah. Yeah. They are and- woeful when it comes to, to the their O line, comes to that um, against the rushing game. So they are just leaving Joe Mixon out on an island to basically try and make up a player, do whatever he can um, with very, very little help. At this point, like you, your star QB goes down, Brad. Where do you go first? If you don't have a decent, a decent QB two, you go to your run game, don't you? You lean yeah. on on handing the ball off and just hammer it down the middle, and hammer it down and and hope to get something going. Uh, and you look at the opposite side of this game. That's what the Steelers have been doing. That's what yep. they've been doing all season. Kenny Pickett hasn't been playing great, and admittedly, he played way better in this game. It seems that the uh, a co- an offensive coaching change was all that was really needed at the Steelers. Um, so he played way better. Uh, but Najee Harris uh, has been hammering the rock all, all season, and that's how they've been playing offense and trying to string little bits together. Uh, there was a huge one. Obviously, Kenny Pickett was a big beneficiary of the coach off- offensive coaching change this week. Mm. The other massive beneficiary... Can you believe it? Pat Frymuth, the the rookie tight end, Pat Pat Frymuth. No, second-year player, I think he is. Sorry. I shouldn't call him a rookie if he's not. But anyway, the young TE, Pat Frymuth, nine receptions for 120 yards. So 9 of 11 targets he got, 120 yards in this game. Whoa, what a game by Pat Frymuth. He just had had some massive receptions. I love seeing tight ends just come out of a shell
3: absolutely and you know who knew firing matt canada uh would turn their offense around like that you know i again i think a lot of it is just a spark it's an emotional spark you saw it with the raiders they came out won a couple games when they had a coaching change and that's that tends to happen
2: that's pretty frequent that that Touch thing is, happens. I can't remember how long it's been, Brad, but this was the first game, and this is after Fire in Matt Canada. So, this is the first mm. game over 400 total yards in, I think, a, a couple of seasons. At least, while Matt, I don't think they've done it while Matt Canada's been there.
3: There you go. So, that, I mean, yeah, obviously the players were excited about it and they delivered, you know. Um, oh, yeah, big time. They, they, so. they, they did what they needed to do. Hats off to Kenny Pickett. Um, you know, he, he, didn't, he didn't look great, but they got the win, and they definitely – you got over 400 yards. That's an improvement over anything that you were doing earlier, and I couldn't agree with you more on the Bengals' ass- assessment. Joe Mixon, eight carries, 16 yards. I'm sorry. When you average two yards a carry, you are nope. not winning anything. Nope. And the only, the only thing that kept him in the game was Jamar Chase – um. So yeah, it's uh, unfortunately
2: I think the put a fork in them. The Bengals are done. Yeah, I totally totally agree. Well, they definitely are done. But they again, you should have planned for something other than Joe Burrow passing a ball. So uh, yeah. even with Joe Burrow, there you should be planning for that. Uh Let's move on to uh an NFC South versus AFC South game. So we're going non-divisional for this one. Panthers versus Titans, the one and 10 Panthers, now the one and 10, the one and nine Panthers met the three and seven Tennessee Titans, who like a hotly anticipated contest, Brad, between Bryce Young and Will Levis. I don't think anyone has ever said those words.
3: (laughs) Yeah, right. And and after the way the game looked, I don't think anybody will ever say those words again no. um although tennessee uh don't bet on them when they're playing at home all their wins are at home oh, so uh, yep yeah. you know they've they've won four games at home uh hats off to them uh you know i i think it's both teams are pretty woeful uh to be honest with you. we know carolina is absolutely pathetic the big news coming out of carolina is frank reich is gone and so we'll see i Ian and I had this, you, we had this conversation before we got on air, but um I think uh, I, I totally get why they did it. So you're you're an impatient billionaire, you've invested all this money into your uh star quarterback, and the reality is you haven't seen improvement. And Ooh. and that's that's the key. If if you would have seen CJ uh improve throughout the season, then yeah. Uh, Bryce, Young. Bryce Bryce Young, not CJ, sorry. They wish they was CJ. Um, if you if you would have seen Bryce Young improve throughout the season, then I think they could have stomached it. But but Frank Reich, this offensive guru, quote unquote, um was not delivering on that. So they felt like they had to make a make a change. I worry though that it's the worst thing that you can do, almost in my opinion, almost worse than a coaching change unless it's uh, along the lines of like urban Meyer and, and which he didn't even last as long as urban Meyer, believe it or not. <laughs> no, he, no. Um, but uh, but
2: my last 13 games, Frank Reich only 11.
3: That see, that's just to me, that's just wrong. Um, but in, unless it's a urban Meyer esque situation, I don't make a change with my quarterback that early because it's detrimental to him um i don't i do not see like what do they expect why make this change and unless there's things that we don't know about like he's lost the locker room or bryce young doesn't care you know doesn't like him or something like that unless that's the case you don't make this change because okay yeah. what are you going to get you know who who's going to replace him so i did that's
2: a that's a massive question uh and temper has put out there the what he would like to see in A coach mm-hmm. like what he wants, and he wants, and he admittedly says he wants someone that's going to be around for the next 30 or 40 years, uh, which is obviously a very long stretch. And he's, he's mm-hmm. over exaggerating a fair amount, but he wants someone. Um, and I think so. This will be his third coach, he'll be on to who uh after this. So, obviously, Matt yes. Rule and then Frank Reich, he's paying them a combined 70 million dollars to not coach now. Um, oh, I just wait. Look, I, I think and you know, I heard something today, uh, from another podcast where basically uh the the thought that maybe Carson Wentz basically destroyed Frank Reich. Um obviously mm. the the Colts tenure didn't end the best. Frank Reich basically got told by Jim Irsay who his quarterback was and mm. he didn't get a lot of choice and he ended up with Carson Wentz and it was terrible. He got fired from that. Uh yeah, and he didn't look well. He didn't look well at the Panthers, not from the start of the season to uh, these 11 games. Um, yeah, and, and, he, uh, and, you know, the- he looked like he'd aged. And I I wonder, Brad, whether he checked out, whether he checked hmm. out completely. Um, my thought today, because they, they obviously got rid of Juice Daly at the same time. He was the assistant head coach uh, as well as the running back coach. So... Now, I wonder whether Frank Wright over the last few weeks had checked out to the point where Juice staley was the one who was actively coaching the team David Tepper probably would have known that maybe mm. not a few weeks. Um, and maybe there was a bit more of a, a mutual agreement between Frank Wright, and David Tepper, just to say your heart's not in this anymore, mate. You need to, your head's not here. You need to go. Uh, and then, and then moving say, to Staley on at the same time, rather than being the, the interim HC, would tell me that he was probably part of the problem with the offense. Yeah,
3: yeah. And, you know, to, just to give more context to it, uh, you know, they lost both their starting guards in this game. So mm. now, you know, I don't know what the status is uh, on them going forward, but it could get, that line could get even worse for Young. So I I just, I worry um, long-term about the effect that this could have on Bryce Young. And he hate saying that 11 games into, or 12 games into the guy's season. But it, I think this is just a really, really poor knee-jerk reaction. Unless it's like what you're saying. Yeah. they've. You know the the heart's not in it. They lost uh, their their mojo, so to speak.
2: Yeah, for sure. And, and I'll tell you what though, they're against the uh, they come up against the Bucks this week, who aren't doing so well. We're going to move on to them next. Uh, new coach bump, maybe? Do we go for the pick mm. in a new coach bump to get a to get another win? They could definitely yeah. they could definitely um, survive getting another win in the uh, in the, the the overall standings. Uh,
3: yeah, I agree with you 100%. So, I don't
2: know. All right, let's move on to that Buccaneers and Colts game. The Colts came away with this. This is one of the closer games of, of the week. Brad, I didn't know which way to look in this game, and and, and I am going to go back and rewatch watch again, uh, purely for the fact that it is Baker Mayfield versus Gardner Minshew, two QBs <laughs> that... I, I often, in the early days, got confused with one another. Um, they were—they're very similar. Such similar players, such similar people. Even I would—I would say, um, yeah. And I didn't know where to go here. The Colts eventually came out of this twenty-seven to twenty winners over the Bucks, who have lost the last couple of games, and mm. it hasn't been great. Despite some pretty shining lights in their offense. Rashad White in this came away with a 100-yard game, uh, which is great. He seems to have really hit another gear and come out of his shell. Um, but I still worry a lot about the Buccaneers' offense because Mike Evans and Chris, Good, Good, uh, Chris Godwin sorry, should be doing far more than they are doing in these games right now. Um, Brad, I just don't know what is going on with this offense that looks so a bit more promising at the start of the season after the first few games
3: they, they did and and to me over the course of a of a season not just in the nfl or but basically with every team team uh the opponents are so good at 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 dissecting film dissecting tendencies that you have to have two or three adjustments throughout the season
1: yeah um, yeah sure if,
3: the Buccaneers just aren't doing that. It's there to me, in my opinion, I mean, again, I'm not an NFL coach, but in my opinion, they're running very just the same similar concepts and they're putting too much on Baker Mayfield to be a creator. And you can't do that. And Mike Evans, and like you say, Godwin, I feel like they've been kind of inconsistent. So I think it's to blame Baker is the easy out. I think it's a much bigger situation than that. Um, So I, I yeah, I don't see Tampa Bay um, doing anything. And on the other side of the field with the Colts, they, they, you know, they've won, won three straight now. Yeah. And so they've won three straight. And the best thing that they've got for them going for them is that they statistically have the easiest schedule in the NFL for the rest of the season. So if you, you know, they could pull off some wins. I don't have their schedule up in front of me right now, but I do know that they statistically have the easiest schedule. They could pull off some wins and they could they could realistically make the postseason.
2: Yeah, there were 44% uh, chance to, to make the postseason at this point, to make the, the playoffs. Um, okay. Yeah, which is, which is wild. They do have to come up against the, the Titans, the Bengals, the Steelers, the Falcons, which could be – the Steelers and Falcons could be a bit more of a test for them, uh, Raiders and Texans. So it's not an easy schedule for the Colts. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say it's easy. So I know that statistically it's easy, but I, yeah. I don't know. Some of those teams are, are very um, up and down, and on the day that they can really do a lot of damage. Um, Jonathan Taylor – ended up breaking a thumb in this game and he is going to be out for the next couple of weeks, uh, which is a bit of a shame because he got a couple of TDs and a whole bunch of yards in this game. And he looked to really be getting back to hitting his strides as they wanted to. How about Michael Pittman jr. Standing up 107 yards from 10 receptions, uh, 13 targets in this game. Um, yeah, he was re- he really stood up uh, and helped out a lot for Minshew in this game. Um, he hasn't really had a heap of yards, but yeah, geez, it's a it's a strange one with the Colts these days.
3: Yeah, it it, it really is. Um, I, I you always wonder you can't play the what if game, but you just wonder what it'd be like with Richardson. Um, if, yeah, if have as much success as, as what they're having, or if they'd be even better. Uh, it'll be it'll be exciting to see when he gets gets healthy and
2: comes in next year. Sure, will be. All right, let's talk about a couple of teams who are definitely looking at next year uh, and not 2023: the New England Patriots and the oh. New York Giants. If there is one game in this season that Bill Belichick never ever wants to lose, it's a yeah. game against the New York Giants. But unfortunately, unfortunately. His team just the Patriots just are not a team. They are a bunch of players <laughs> signed to a yeah. roster, and, and yeah. that is about the best thing you can say to them. They have skill position players. They have people with with a decent amount of ability. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson, Ezekiel Elliott, even uh, Demario Douglas, Devontae Parker, Juju Smith Schuster. None of these guys are, are devoid of talent, um, yet they just seem to be signed to a roster and picking up a paycheck. Uh, it's just um it's a very strange game. Mac Jones started this game. Uh, he went 12 of 21, 89 yards before being replaced by Bailey Zappi. I feel so sorry. I'm glad man Jones actually not here because this would be another Mac Jones tirade. I feel sorry for Mac Jones, Brad. Um I think the kid has actual talent. I'm not saying he's an elite level quarterback, but I yeah. think he has actual talent. But you look at him on that field and he is he is lost. He's not he's just a shell. He has no confidence at all. Uh and we talk about um we, when I said about Frank Reich, maybe Carson Wentz destroyed him. I think the new the New England Patriots have completely destroyed Mac Jones uh, and any chance he had of, of being a QB. I'm surprised he wants to be a QB still at this point.
3: Oh, I, w- I don't think he wants to be a QB there. The dude, the dude's been pulled four times this season already. Yeah. So you, you, that just, that messes with the player's psyche. I don't care how mentally tough they are. Nobody wants to get pulled four times. Cause then you it changes how you play. If you start thinking, Oh, overthinking and like if i if i make a mistake here i'm gonna get pulled you can't have that mentality yeah. And i guarantee you when you've been pulled four times that is the mentality it's just human nature you can't escape it so um i i really as much as i love uh belichick or i shouldn't say love as much as i appreciate what the coach that bill belichick is i think the way he's handled this is atrocious um and- i highly agree yep and, and, and if I am the owner here, uh, I'm I'm saying goodbye to Bill
2: after this season. I think that's already been signed off, to be honest. I think mm. this will be a mutually agreed um, release end of the season. I think that's just yeah. where it is. I think they're just playing out the season now so they get the best possible draft pick. So whoever Kraft brings in, which will probably be a much younger coach with a much younger philosophy, he'll have a very good draft pick to – a draft position to be able to draft from and and pick uh, some better players that, that he wants to mould a team around. And I think yeah. that's, where, that's where it'll go. It'll be a similar situation to um, Bill and the Patriots and um, a young Tom Brady, basically, that whole, you know, where yeah. they were before Tom Brady. Uh, that's mm-hmm. essentially... That's essentially where they're going to be restarting from. So the Giants, on the other hand, Tommy DeVito did a pretty fine effort once again for the Giants. Um, I think he's – He got another I win. He did get another win, and I think arguably he's playing better than Daniel Jones has been. Um, yeah. He's, he's managing a game and playing the system uh, and doing what he needs to do to, to make things work. And he combined with Jalen Hyatt for 109 yards in this game – not many of the other receivers stood up to do much of anything, uh, and the rushing game surprisingly, Saquon Barkley is just he's just an enigma for the New York Giants. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's 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 really
3: interesting. I you know you wonder if you're the Giants, do you stick with Devito the rookie, or do you go back to Tyrod Taylor who's coming off of the injury now, um, and they're saying he's going to be healthy and tyrod taylor is going to give is going to be a probably a better quarterback but uh is is that what you want do you want to keep winning games i mean you know realistically if you're the front office i want a better draft pick because i know i'm i can't do anything yeah um i would personally uh play devito and then see if there's any market for them. And if not, okay, just keep them as, as your backup. But I wouldn't be putting Tyrod Taylor in there and trying to win
2: games. Well, I don't, not, they're not going to win games anyway. Um, to be honest, <laughs> yeah, okay, uh, maybe against the Saints, they might have yeah. a, bit of, a bit of a chance, but they've got Packers, Saints, Eagles, and Rams all coming up. So, okay, uh, yeah, they're their season is pretty much done from this point onwards anyway. So I would be just be playing Tommy DeVito to be honest. So mm, mm. all right, got to move on, Brad. Uh let's go to the big AFC South matchup from this week. Jacksonville Jaguars versus mm. Houston Texans. I say the Jags names different every time. Jaguars, Jaguars, <laughs> Jaguars. Um I, I don't know why my brain just picks one way to say it at that point that I say it. Um Jags versus Texans. Hotly, hotly anticipated matchup between Trevor Lawrence and the rookie phenom, CJ Stroud, who is lighting up the league. Texans are basically everybody's second team this year, um, for sure. Much like the yeah. Lions were last season, I think. And yeah. this was such such a hard fought game. Um very back and forth despite the score line. But the the Jags got an early lead. And and managed to just hold on to that early lead, despite CJ Stroud and uh, the Texans trying some big heroics to get it back at the end of the game once again. Yeah,
3: you know it was a it was a great great game, and when you saw that kick, when uh, it looked good, it, it was definitely right down the pipe, and it and you hear it hit the crossbar. Yeah. That's off. Neville. Or having those sound, those mics right there. Um, it makes such a dong when it hits that thing. And you just, you felt for them. You felt for Texas. I mean, I was personally, I was kind of rooting for Jacksonville to win the game anyway. Because I'm a big Trevor Lawrence fan. But uh, I, I, it would have been storybook to see Stroud, you know, lead him back there. But the the thing with the Jaguars is they they lost that game because of Taveri Thomas, the cornerback. That dude just got kept getting picked on and picked on and picked on. He gave up six catches, 97 yards, a touchdown. And I don't there was a sequence there when the Jags got a couple penalties around the goal line that allowed them to get first downs, reset the the downs, and they ended up scoring.
2: Yeah. So So there was a there was a sequence there of three PI calls on the on on the yeah. one drive that kept yeah. the Jags' drive alive. But, Brad, there was there was some... Uh, the officiating in this game was woeful oh, yeah. for both sides, though. A yeah, few of those P.I. calls were not P.I. They were not... I P. agree. P. I, um, I, I, But o- on the other side, the Jags had, had it equally as bad, um, mm-hmm. where there was just woeful, woeful calls. Uh, the officiating, unfortunately, did mar a lot of this game. It probably should have been a lot better, and it probably could have been... Closer, maybe even more points if we um mm. if they've mm. been on point, but but that's, yeah. that's not taking anything away from the Jags and Trevor Lawrence, they played amazingly. Uh, they Trevor did, Lawrence they did threw for over 300 yards again. It, and uh, Travis Etienne featured heavily with 20 carries once again. It's like every week with 20 carries with that guy. Um, it's yeah, just, it's insane the the workload he is, he's got. Um, it's it's basically like a and I guess it's a it could be an AFC South thing. It's another Derrick Henry like performance, essentially, from Travis Etienne. Not as many yards, but just the the number of carries he gets every single week and the amount of work he does for this team. And if you,
3: if you if you stood Derek Henry next to Travis Etienne, you would go, okay, one's a pro football player, and the other one is like a high school running back. It's just-
2: one's a pro football player, the other one is a giant. That's what it's yeah. like. <laughs> uh,
3: well, just Etienne in comparison to Henry is so tough. No, I know. Guys. Yeah yeah it's just unreal and like you say hats off to trevor lawrence um him and ridley have established a connection and it's showing up big time so
2: big time, if yeah. they can keep
3: if if they can keep that uh connection going you know the jags now have a two-game lead in the south so odds are at this point they're, they're in a good spot um to win that division but i agree with you everybody houston Everybody's darling. Um, I just happen to love Trevor Lawrence and want to see him succeed. So, uh, it's it was fun to watch this game. Both teams are exciting,
2: yeah, for sure. Uh, let's move on to the Browns and the Broncos. The Denver Broncos are now at six and five. Can you believe it, Brad? Five wins on the trot, six and five for the Denver Broncos after beating the Cleveland Browns 29 to 12 a defense from the Browns that we thought and should be on paper one of the strongest defenses in the league gets done 29 points by Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos you can tell that this Broncos team are really hitting a, a very different gear Brad they mm. yeah it is just it's a it's a weird it's a weird thing to get it, to get your head around, but it seems like the first half of this this part of the season, the first half of this half, I guess the first five or six games, um, was sort of the, the Broncos figuring out who they were. And who better than Sean Payton to figure out who a team is and how to win with just that team? Um, who better? And he just comes up and says, well, this is how I have to win with Russell Wilson. This is how I have to win with these players. That's the way we have to do it. And they yeah. just knocked, they managed to knock out a win um, against the Browns who started Dorian Thompson Robinson in this game. He, the kid unfortunately went out with a concussion. PJ Walker came in um, so many concussions, so many QBs. It's just every, every single week a QB leaves with a concussion in this, in this league at the moment.
3: It's crazy. And if you're, if you're a old Ravens fan, you know they're most likely going to try out a name you're happy with uh Joe Flacco he won you a super bowl or won won the super bowl as your quarterback yep. um they signed him to the practice squad last week and you, you got to think cuz they're they they know they're in the playoffs uh hunt. and if if I'm them Joe Flacco is a proven winner and if he's even you know 60 70% of his, what he was now, I would take Flacco over PJ Walker. I would
2: too. For- PJ Walker is not an NFL quarterback by any yeah. stretch of the imagination. Um, yeah. He, yeah, he's an emergency
3: stopgap.
2: But basically, and- at this point, I'd be elevating Flacco um, and, and keeping the two of them in for this game. And once DTR is healthy, I'd have Flacco behind DTR because forget yeah. forget trotting out PJ Walker again as your back as your QB two in a game. Um, yeah, yeah, he got taken for four sacks. After DTR went out, Um, and at that point, up until that point, DTR was uh, evading everything. Was getting the ball out in in great rhythm, Mm -hmm. in great time, Um, Mm -hmm. and the Browns looked like they were going to do something. But
3: yeah, Yeah, but but they but they didn't. And and, and, like you say, you know, hats off to the Broncos. Um, They are just what you said. They're doing everything they need to to get the win and this next week's game is going to be exciting as you know i think this uh broncos versus texans that's going to be a huge huge uh whoever wins that game is i think you know well the broncos have to have it um they they, have to win it yeah they definitely have to win it the, the Broncos have to have to have to uh win this match. If they if they lose they i think statistically they're saying I'm looking here they're saying they got a 13% chance of winning it. And if they win they've got a 50% chance. The Texans if they win they have a 68% chance of making the playoffs. If they lose they have a 34% chance. Yeah. So it's it's a you know statistically, it's a more important game for the Broncos, but I just think uh, it's going to be a fun game to watch. So, it, uh, you know, it'll be really, really exciting. So we'll see what happens.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right, let's move on to the Rams versus the Cardinals. The Rams just absolutely wiped the floor with the Arizona Cardinals, who are now at 2-10. Um, Definitely phoning it in, even with Kyler Murray on the field. 37-14, the Rams took this one out. Uh, Matthew Stafford combined with Tutu Atwell and Kyron Williams for uh, some massive yardage and two TDs to Kyron Williams. Um, Kyron Williams, of course, also got 143 yards on the ground to go with his 61 and two TDs. Uh, receiving so he was an absolute star in this game uh, in this demolishment of the Arizona Cardinals uh, who Brad I mean what more can you really say Cardinals are definitely going for the number one pick uh, they're definitely racing the Panthers to that mm-hmm. yeah
3: and uh, um if I'm the Arizona again ownership I've said this a couple weeks now uh, I don't play Kyler Murray personally. You, you've shown what he can do. Just stick your backup in, lose your games, try and get that number one pick, and then and then go on from there. I don't know if the, if
2: the defense keeps playing this bad, you might as well just play Kyler Murray because you're not going to win the game anyway. Uh, no matter okay, what Kyler yeah. does.
3: <laughs> yeah, the, the the downside would be the potential risk for
2: injury. Yes, that is that is the potential risk of obviously. Yeah.
3: But, uh, you know, the Rams, they just keep hanging around and hanging around and hanging around, overachieving, so at least compared to the expectations coming into this season. So hats off to them, hats off to McVay, and they could potentially make a playoff run here. So, uh, you know, everybody knows they're not going to do anything once they get in the playoffs, but they could. They're only one game out of that final NFC playoff spot so anything's possible
2: yeah absolutely anything's possible so the rams just hang around like like they do every single year brad Mm -hmm. uh Mm -hmm. chiefs and raiders the chiefs moved to eight and three as we talked about at the top of the show after a 31 to 17 win over the las vegas raiders the raiders had been doing so well um Aiden O'Connell still did. Aiden O'Connell threw twenty three or thirty three, two hundred forty eight uh, in this game. He's coming along pretty well. I think you were seeing from him what we pretty much what we saw in the preseason. The only difference is he's coming up against um, NFL caliber teams now, uh, not your, your backups and your rookies like he was mm. in the preseason. Um, great to see Josh Jacobs back with one hundred and ten yards and a TD. He's really coming into form. Uh, it back to the form that we saw in 2022 from him. That was great to see. But I think the biggest thing here is the Kansas City Chiefs, Just they just don't have the receivers that they need. Rasheed Rice yeah. looks like he's finally coming along. He got 107 yards and a TD in this game. But it just was. it's just not enough for what the, the Kansas City Chiefs need. And I don't know how they continue to go forward through the playoffs with – the, the offense that they've got without you know the way it's playing and just just Patrick Mahomes not having receivers, Brad. we're just not yeah, that.
3: and unless all of a sudden uh, <laughs> MVS Marquez Valdez, gambling, unless he all of a sudden just develops a pair of hands, I don't I don't see how they can get back to that. Super Bowl. He had one catch for minus 1 yard. He was targeted once. Yeah. And then last week, of course he he didn't have any catches. He drops the the go ahead touchdown. And this is just two examples of just a woeful season by him. So it's just, I 100% agree with you that they they need to figure something out in that receiving slots. Uh, you know, Isaiah Pacheco at the running back, he is looking good, and hats off to him. But I, if you're a Chiefs fan, I think you've lost a step. Now, anytime you got Patrick Mahomes, you've got a chance, obviously. But in
2: terms of the comparison to the Chiefs of old, uh, it's I don't think it's there. Yeah, we got on them weeks ago uh, at the the trade deadline. They didn't. Mm. They they should have gone out and tried to get receivers. You have yeah. receivers that, that the Raiders here have in Jacoby Myers and Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, even yes, um, any of these guys uh, on the Chiefs, and they would be pulling big numbers. And the Chiefs, we'd be talking about the Chiefs in a very very different light. Um, one thing before we move on from the Raiders, look, I'm not the mass, I'm not the biggest Max Crosby fan, but mm. credit where credit is due. Max Crosby was questionable before this game to even play. He, no, is I think he was doubtful. Doubtful, sorry, doubtful. Yeah, that was the term. So he was doubtful to play. He is the first player in 64 players this season to be listed as doubtful before a game to actually play the game. The, That's the same all. week. Uh, he uh, there was pictures online of him. He went to a hospital prior to this game because his knee was his left knee was so blown up, like a massive amount of fluid, and he had to go to hospital, presumably to get drained. Um, and still took the field. Didn't do a lot in terms of tackles. Uh, there is a tackle for loss, just one solo tackle, a tackle for loss. But I think it was just his presence being with those defensive line and leading them. I think that's why yeah. he was, he wanted to be there to make sure he led them, uh, and yeah. even in a game that yeah, whether they were losing, he still stayed in there, played the game. We don't know how much more of him we're going to see through the season because of that injury. It is pretty up and down, but hats off to Max Crosby. That is a an Iron Man effort. All right, Brad. Couple to go. Uh, Bills Eagles, the big game of the week, yeah. most hotly anticipated game. Of this week, and it's sure delivered. The Bills are now at six and six, uh, after going down to the Eagles 37 to 34 uh, in an overtime loss. This game went so long, it actually bled into the Ravens Chargers Sunday night football game. Uh, and there is some hilarious commentary where you can quite clearly hear Jim Nance getting pissed off that he had to keep uh, announcing that the Ravens-Chargers game was going to be on CBS at a certain time, beginning, beginning. <laughs> uh, and he had to keep doing that through the fourth quarter and the overtime portion of the game. But aren't we glad that this went to not just overtime, but both uh, teams being able to possess the ball in overtime? Uh, mm, because mm. of the way it, it went down with the Bills only coming away with a field goal uh, in OT. But then the Eagles just uh Jalen Hurts marching down the field uh and, and getting a, a touchdown uh to win the game in overtime.
3: Yeah, it's you know, I feel bad uh for the Bills kicker Tyler Bass. Um he's just he had one blocked, he missed one wide right um in this, you know, that would have event would have won the game for yeah. him. So, and- and and the bills offense showed life uh they did what they needed to this has got to be pretty demoralizing they're six and six now um but they showed that they can hang um with with the best uh, josh, they're... josh
2: allen played amazing in this game Brad. yes he think? did
3: yes he did absolutely um and it did it, it it was josh allen allen of old but he was making good decisions and that yeah. was the that was the thing he wasn't just being reckless. And Philly, uh, their defense looked pedestrian there. They gave up over 500 yards. Now, granted, it's Josh Allen and, and the Bills, but they, there's some question mark. You can see the chinks in the armor, yeah. the cracks in, in there, what they've got. So The, the and-
2: holes they specifically left Allen to run through for his, his nine carries, his nine rushing carries for 81 mm. yards, mm. Um, especially those two TD runs. They were long runs. Yeah. they were they weren't short td runs either he was running from outside 10 yards uh and yeah. and yeah
3: and and you're seeing uh the eagles you know jalen hurts is still having issues with turnovers he turned the ball over twice this game so you know y- I think the Eagles are the best team in the NFL. I've got them in my power rankings as number one, but uh, they showed that they can definitely be beaten. And it wouldn't surprise me this week if you see San Francisco uh,
2: pull off the win. Yeah, that's going to be, that's probably the most, the next anticipated game. We go, we roll on from here, don't we? And it's just Eagles 49ers is going to be huge this week. Oh, Um, it's massive. It's going to be massive. massive.
3: I can't wait for it and you know the the script writers have done such a good job it's it's going to be yeah. fun.
2: i tell you what the script writers did did a great job with Jake Elliott's one kick in this game didn't they. Uh um, <laughs> yes the Eagles gave him the ball at, on the with a 60 yard shot. They gave him a 60 yard try to tie the game in the fourth quarter to send them into overtime in the rain in Philadelphia in November and Jake Elliott hit that thing straight down the middle, like an absolute rocket. Um it, it was just a, a superb kick um from sixty yards in the rain. It, you know, mm-hmm. um, swirling wind and all. It's his only kick of the game too. So it, it just uh yeah, hats off Jake Elliott. Well done there. Um yeah, what a game. That was such a great game. Let's move it, on it, to it, Sunday night it, football though, Brad. The game yeah. that the game that it bled into. Uh the Ravens versus the Chargers. Look, I would have swapped these two games around, to be honest. The other one at Sunday Night Football would have been amazing. But instead, we had to watch the Ravens and the Chargers. Um, (laughs) The Ravens, to me, in this game, despite coming away 20 to 10 winners over the Chargers, who just, oh, my God, Brad, you talk about a team looking woeful. I just, I cannot understand the Chargers. Um, Let's hope they look better with Bill Belichick as their coach next season. Um, (laughs) the Ravens in this game though, I just, despite coming away the win, I am not sold on the Ravens. They just, they're so up and down.
3: Yeah. I think you and and the rest of the uh, football fans who actually follow it, it's um, yeah, I could not agree with you more. They, they win these games that they need to um, like they beat the lions. uh, They beat the Seahawks Um, They almost lose to the Cardinals. They lose to the Colts. So, you know, who are the Ravens? Uh, It's really interesting um, to see what's going to come of this. So, yeah, I'm not excited about them. And the Chargers, I'm sorry, how does Brandon Staley still have a
2: job? It just just blows my mind that he's still there. Yeah, yeah.
3: Him and and their GM, uh, Tom Telesco. So that guy uh, has been GM for eleven years, and they have two playoff wins and three appearances. Uh,
2: that's, how, that's how you know that Bill Belichick's going to end up at this team. Oh yeah, he's only going to go to a team that, that that's going to let him be GM and head coach, and this one is ripe for it. Absolutely, you know, I, and I would love to see him uh, there.
3: I they're getting a little long in the tooth apart from uh, Herbert, uh, you know, Keenan Keenan Allen's going to be another year older. Austin Eckler. I don't know what's going on with him. If it's still lingering from his high ankle sprain that he had in week six, but he has not looked like himself. Uh, but I would love to see Belichick there with another solid uh, quarterback like Herbert and just, Oh, it would be exciting. Well, we'll see. I don't want to get too too far ahead.
2: <laughs> it was um, there was a pretty fun. I think it was this game. Was it this game this week? I saw it online today. It was a pretty fun sequence. Uh, where it was, it went from Herbert to Eckler, who threw uh, a pass backwards, pass out to the sideline to Keenan Allen to get mm-hmm. uh, a first down. And it was a it was a great two throw just a just just how you should execute a two throw play it was amazing it. it went love forward it. forward to ekla who just turned straight out. and they they all did it in movement not not one of them was standing still when that happened either so it was they were all moving they knew exactly what was going on they executed it perfectly it's such it's such a great watch brad actually i should share it with you just to make sure you see it um you would love it Kellen right. Moore, there
3: you go. It's fun. definitely,
2: it's definitely Kellen Moore. Um, all I can hope is that when Bill Belichick gets here, he might keep Kellen Moore on the, on the books, mate.
3: Uh, I would love that. That would be my ideal.
2: Yeah, that's why they need to get rid of Staley, so that Kellen Moore can lead this team and they can get a few more wins um, for the season. They just need to give yeah. it, up, give it up, basically. <laughs> um, Brad, on padding because I don't want to talk about the next game. <laughs>
3: Well, we shouldn't have ended on this one, but we kind of had to. Oh, we, we had, had to. Love.
2: Monday night football, possibly easily the worst Monday night football game of the season so far. Oh, uh,
3: maybe of the decade. And, it was, and
2: it was easily awful. the worst game of the season so far. Uh, full disclosure, I mean, I am obviously a Vikings fan, as, as the fans know. I've been on a trip to Tasmania last week. We were flying home on Tuesday when this game was on. So we flew back into Sydney. We drove uh outskirts to Sydney and um uh stopped for lunch. I'd sort of looked at the, the score a couple of times when we got to the airport and went, oh geez, that was before half time. When we got to got the backers at Hortsby, I uh I had a look at the score, and the Vikings were at 10 to 9 with the to the Bears. And I I straight away was into our text thread and said to the boys. What the absolute fuck is this game? Like, what is this abomination of a game? And then the boys basically said, uh, "However bad you think the Vikings are playing, it's ten times worse." And yeah. Sure enough, when I went back and watched the watched the recap of this game, I was just shaking my head, going, "What is this play? What is this? What is this game?" And it's not, and it wasn't just the Vikings that I was shaking my head at. The offense for both of these sides was woeful, horrible. And we don't expect Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears to be amazing. But they weren't great. But oh, Justin Justin no. Fields threw 37 times. There's 37 attempts he made. There is a graph out on the internet. Not a single one of Justin Fields' throws are over the hashes. They're all outside the hashes. They're all at wide left and right. Every one of them. Not a single one down the middle of the field. And he throws in, when he throws that way, especially when he throws left, to his left, he throws mm-hmm. in the weirdest manner I've ever seen. It's it's all, it's not quite sidearm and it's not quite like standard, like traditional, like over the top. It's like in between. If you went like a, if sidearm was 90 degree angle to, to, to normal, it's like 45. Every one of them. That's what I was noticing the whole time I was watching. I was like, what is his throwing action? I don't get it. Yeah. And and the crazy so you said what,
3: 37 passes?
2: 37. Uh,
3: 37. So 21 of those 37 were behind the line of scrimmage.
2: Yeah. It was
3: it was a high school offense. This is what you do when you have a high school team that can't really throw over the middle of the field which that's hard to do at the high school level uh, efficiently sometimes. So, it was it was embarrassing to watch. Like I really felt bad for Justin Fields. I don't know what they were thinking with that offense, but it looked absolutely the worst offense i have ever watched from an nfl game and they've won the game so so that's you know that's it at least dj moore uh, he didn't look a whole lot better but their offense their concepts and everything they were trying to do was 10 times better in my opinion yep uh at least and kevin o'connell unfortunately if you're uh josh dobbs i think i said dj moore if you're josh dobbs um you know, he didn't get the biggest vote of confidence uh, he, when O'Connell says uh, that we're going to we're going to take a look at his play and see if we
2: want to stick with him. I don't know well, why. He actually, they he, he actually said he, he actually says that he's going to take a look at the plays that they have installed for him. That's what I don't oh, get okay. is that everyone says that he's going to make a change and then they have the quote. And from him and he says that they're gonna look at the plays that they have for Josh Dobbs or the amount of plays or, or I think it's the stock. Okay. Um okay. it's uh I'll try and bring it up, Brad. Okay, yeah, because
3: I just it I will it it worries me a little bit. Um just like what are they gonna do? They're gonna go to Nick Mullins, um, or Jaron Hall. I, I don't think Yeah, well
2: him. both of which are um uh healthy now. Nick okay. is is healthy, yeah. So Yeah, yeah.
3: I just I I think Dobbs is, is your best bet. I, I don't think he's that great of a quarterback, but I think he's at least serviceable.
2: Yeah, sure. I I agree. Um I do agree that I think he, he is at least serviceable. It is, there was some some speculation that um Kevin O'Connell had tried taking his uh, taking the run game out of out of Josh Dobbs' game, like encouraging oh. him not to run, um, okay. I would find that extraordinary because uh, it's no, a massive, I mean, it's yeah. a massive part of, jo- of the appeal of Josh Absolutely. Dobbs. Absolutely, um, yeah.
3: you gotta you gotta let him. It, the The reality is, you're not developing Dobbs, I don't think, to be your long term quarterback. So you you get every ounce you can out of that guy. If it means running, run. You know, so you you do whatever you need to do to win games with him. You can't protect him, especially at this time of the season when you're playing for a playoff spot.
2: I totally agree. And and look, he gets. uh, There was four interceptions to to his stat line from this game. uh, Two of which, when you watch the game, it shouldn't be attributed to Dobbs at all. He threw an absolute dart, and admittedly, it was it was strong. It was a bloody rocket to hmm. Brandon, Pe- uh to sorry to uh Jordan Addison um early in the the first quarter maybe might have been second quarter but definitely in the first half it went straight into the bread basket like it was a catchable ball um and should be cut, caught by any wide receiver but Addison had basically just hit him into hit him in the chest uh and he dropped that uh the other one which was early that was in the first quarter was one that was it was a bit high for the receiver. I can't remember who it was. It might have been Brandon Powell, who was supposed to be the receiver. But it was a ridiculous uh ridiculously good interception by Kyler Gordon, who who took flight basically and just it jumped up uh and and, and took that interception. Uh he essentially just took it straight at the hands. So like he did yeah, it was above the, all their heads. So it probably would have sailed over the um uh over the line to go out of play. Rather than anything, but yeah, Kyle Gordon just took off like he was like he was Superman, basically. So, <laughs>
3: uh, and you know, so that, so that we don't end on a, on a negative note. As bad as the offenses were, how good is Daniil Hunter playing? I oh. mean, that dude is sick. of The way he's playing, he is uh, he's got to be the uh, in the lead for defensive MVP.
2: He's not though. That's the st- stupidest thing, and I keep saying that in in a lot of circles. He's not. He's just. No. He's getting overlooked by um, a lot of the other guys, um, by Max Crosby and Miles Garrett, um, and maybe Micah. I can't remember, but definitely Micah. I, I can
3: see. I can see Garrett being there, but I still, at this point, if I have to choose now, I give it to Hunter.
2: But Garrett's also hurt now too. So that's yeah, the other, right. yep. that's yep. that's the other thing. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. So but, well. so but I I would be I, I agree Brad he should be um he should be uh, in that conversation definitely. Um mm. Mm. yeah.
3: So well, it, it, you know, if, if we can leave on one thing, I would tell our listeners, uh, make sure you watch that game this next week between the Broncos and the Texans. That's going to be a, a great game. It's going to decide a lot of things. And I think there's some there's some decent matches coming up this next week.
2: Yeah, yeah. Erase the memory of that Vikings-Bears game completely and watch some decent football. Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> Go back even and watch some of the football from this week because that is great. But yes, definitely Eagles 49ers. What a game that is gonna be. It's I hope so. Mm. I, I genuinely mm. hope that it's not one sided. It will it will hurt my soul if it ends up one sided one way or the other. Um yeah, I as, agree. As as I think it will do for a lot of people, it needs to be good. Um yeah, it really does need to be good. <laughs> Because <laughs> it is the big one um, of the week. Strangely, again, it's not a primetime game. I just don't understand how that did not get flexed even a few weeks ago. Um, I know Sunday night football is the Chiefs in Green Bay, but come on. Come on, NFL. That should be yeah. Sunday night football at least, at very, very least.
3: Well, I, don't, I, I think maybe we haven't started into that. We haven't gotten to that point where they can flex.
2: Because I know oh, no, things... no, we're past that. I'm pretty sure. We? Are we?
3: Yeah. I, I don't uh what are we how many games we got left? Six games?
2: Yeah, I'm sure we're yeah. past that. I think
3: I thought it was only the last four weeks, but I could be Any
2: anytime, anytime between weeks twelve and seventeen they can flex Monday night. Uh Thursday night, uh yeah, I think they're all around that between thirteen and seventeen. Okay. Yeah. Okay.
3: So yeah, that boggles me that they haven't flexed that then. Yeah, so
2: this is one of the first weeks that they they could have actually moved a game um, mm, mm. 100% and it just it's strange that it that that 49ers Eagles is not Sunday night football because it's going to be massive. Yeah. But, um yeah. Monday night football not so much. It's Bengals and Jacksonville. So Bengals without wow, Joe wow. Burrow, it's just going to be a uh, a snooze fest. Uh, yeah. As is Thursday night, Brad, where your Cowboys are taking on Seattle. At oh, home. yeah.
3: I mean, yeah. They're, they're, I,
2: they're in Texas. They're in Texas. That's going to be a 50-burger easy.
3: <laughs> I hope so, but I don't know about that. But, yeah, I, I think uh, the Cowboys should win that convincingly.
2: Yeah, should should do. All right. Uh, make sure to check out our socials at G'day Gridiron on Instagram and Facebook. Um we will be back uh later on next week, after week thirteen, lucky week thirteen, with a recap. Uh maybe some other shows. We might have some other content coming later next next week, maybe. I've got some ideas, haven't floated with the boys yet, but we'll see how we're going. Definitely need Manjock back for that sort of stuff. So hopefully he's back on deck with us all. Um otherwise check out the Aussie NFL Fantasy Boys too. Um I know they're going to be doing some a bit, a few modified things this week with our man John as well. So, uh, that should be some fun stuff going back to old school Maddie and Taylor talk. So, other than that, Brad, we'll uh, we'll see you next week. Yeah,
3: yeah, absolutely. And uh, we look forward to getting man John back and uh, looking forward to some great games. Yep, absolutely. All right, see ya. See ya.
2: Today, Gridiron is brought to you by the Aussie Gridiron Network, a network of Australian podcasts bringing you some of the best content from the NFL and the local game. Check out our other podcasts, Aussie NFL Fantasy and No Huddle Dynasty.